Oh, we could, we could fly. Welcome to this new season of the Have a Cup of Jahani podcast. So I want to title this new season that I'm embarking on with I'm growing. So this is going to be the season of growth. And um, that's what I'm going to share with you throughout the season. So I thank you for coming over here and sitting with me. And I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone. So today we are going to talk about book betrayals. Are you ready? One, two, three. Let's get it. All right. I'm so super excited about this, but I need to preface this by saying that I am not here to say that the book we will be discussing today is a bad book. By no means is it a bad book. The The writing is superb. Uh, the history and the research that went into the history, because this is a historical uh, gothic novel, is superb as well. The the Mexican representation as well as the cultural representation was right on point as well. What we will be discussing here is the expectation a book gives to the reader based on its appearance because yes, book covers matter quite a lot as well as the genre identification used for these books and how that translates to the expectations a reader has when cracking that spine open. If you are a spine cracker, you monster. And then what ensues from there. So the book that I'm talking about is Isabel Caña's Vampires of El Norte. So I want, I love to do kind sandwiches. That's usually how I do evaluations and things of that nature. So let's start with some of the good things in this book. Let's. So the book cover was amazing. If you look at this book cover, it's very gone with the wind, but better because <laughs> it's Mexican. <laughs> I love it. It has like the lady, which I'm assuming is the main character, Nina. And uh, she has like the desert backdrop and the book and it's dark, right? And um, and she has this, this blood red dress on that is very poofy. Um, yes, like this book takes place in 1840s, right? So the the style the dress it just it looks amazing so the book cover really sold me and then the title of course i love it vampires of el norte like something about isabel cañas is that she's gonna have spanish words in her title and in her book and i give a fuck and i love this about her i love this um, I do the same thing when it comes to my books and and i don't translate the words either because I don't have to. <laughs> Are you ready to embark on a captivating journey of resilience and revelation? Get ready to immerse yourself in the extraordinary world of Isla Delgado, a nine-year-old girl who has experienced more than her fair share of trauma. Isla's life takes a dramatic turn when she's forced to live with her dad and his new wife for six months. Her anxiety intensifies, 
as she becomes convinced that her stepmom is an evil witch. But Isla is determined to protect herself and expose her stepmom's true nature. As the gripping story unfolds, Isla discovers that things aren't always as they seem. People are saying, while the alarming trend of attempting to ban books continues in the United States, this book is a fantastic reminder of the power that books have. A child will read this story and feel seen, heard, and hopefully feel some peace. For children of the appropriate age, this book provides the opportunity for a wonderful exercise in empathy. The message of this story is truly something a lot of children out there and even some adults might need to hear. Join Isla on a transformative journey of self-discovery where she learns that even the most traumatic experiences can be triumphantly overcome with the power of love and understanding. Mrs. Frenchie's Evil Ring is available everywhere books are sold. But also Spanish is like a very common language. Yeah, so I love that. I love that about the book. And then the tension in the book between these two characters was like, mm, mm, mm. it gave me telenovela, la dueña, yo soy la dueña vibes, you know? But here we are, we're getting into the meat and potatoes of this. So it gave me too much telenovela vibes. It gave me too much of it. Based off of the cover, which is a very dark theme, it's it's right in line. You put this you put this book on the shelf with gothic um, and horror, and it'll fall right in line. It fits perfectly. It will fit perfectly there on the shelf, and that's what you want for for your book. If you're listening and you're an aspiring author, right? You want your book to fit in, but stand out as well. Yeah, but we're not talking about book covers. That would be another episode. So it fits, it fits, it is, it fits perfectly. But when all I was getting was this pretty pink um, <laughs> telenovela vibes inside, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. But I didn't have that hesitation until after, I want to say, I went way past the midpoint. Because I know this author is uh, a slow, a slow burn when it comes. I'm not talking about romance here, but when it comes to the the action, the mystery, the thrills in, in the book, The Hacienda, which is another book by Isabel Cañas that I read, was very much like that. Kind of like a, a it eases the reader into it. You get a, a few scares a few um, descriptions of the monster and the hacienda, the ghost that was haunting that that mansion. But it, it's not full on until you get closer to the midpoint. So I knew I had to be patient with the author. I knew that. But long and behold, when I get to the mid part of it, and it's still very much telenovela, you're not listening to me, and they're going back and forth with the miscommunication trope that is very prevalent in the romance genre, I took a pause and I started to think that perhaps this is not going to be another five-star read from this author for me, for me. 
because of that, because this was the first part of my expectation not being met. And then I continued to read. And the the second part to my disappointment became the lack of, of horror in uh, a gothic slash horror book. It was it was not it was not there for me. So I kept I just kept waiting because I just I felt it that they would be a showdown between the main character and and the vampires because the book opens. And if you're gonna read this book, stop it here because I'm I may be spoiling something for you. Um, but you can also crack this open at your local bookstore and see it. The book opens with with Nena as a wanna say 11 year old being bitten by one of these. And um and then Nestor he he brings her back home. He feels super guilty about it. And this is Nestor is the romance interest. And he brings her home and he watches as Nena dies. Her heart stops. Just think about this and think about all the the, the ways that this book could have gone. Right? So Nena's heart stops. Nestor sees this. But then Nestor comes back nine years later and Nena, short for Magdalena, is that alive. You know, she's alive. But he saw her heart stop. So just imagine the possibilities of this book. That doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. We don't get the hero understanding that... <laughs> You know, that I'm, I'm half vampire or whatever, right? So many, so many different things that, that could have happened to make this a little bit more, um, at, at least paranormal or something. But that didn't happen. So with the, the, the very prominent word of vampire on the title, I thought it was going to be Nena Isubaquero, right? Her love interest going out into the desert and to this this Mexico Texan desert of the Southwest region, and and fighting these creatures, and then figuring out that Nena, she's not just a curandera, but she's also like half vampire or something because you know she has it in her blood now from when she was little and survived it. But but this didn't happen. Instead. It, it was almost as if the addition of vampires was an afterthought. But I have a hard time believing that because that's the title. The, the word vampire, is it's in the book. But I'm saying it's an afterthought because this book was more about Nena y Nestor uh, reconnecting after like nine years of him thinking that she was dead and her thinking that she left them because apparently her parents kept that away from her, that she had actually died and she doesn't remember anything. And the entire book is about them not saying the truth to the other until like almost towards 
the end, past the halfway mark is when finally Nestor le dice, hey, you died. You know, you died. I saw you died. And I ran away because I couldn't live a life without you. And it took almost the entire novel and this man almost dying for him to to finally say something like that. Up to that point, I was super impatient for something to to happen for for some something exciting to happen because it had just been this this back and forth slow burn romance between these two characters so i was already a bit disappointed about um the romance aspect of it so i at least wanted something to happen in that aspect <laughs> but it didn't it didn't. And then and then finally towards the end, we see we actually see vampires, right? And then some sort of fight. This is at the very end, folks. This is like towards like I want to say like a chapter in the end. That's all. That's all. Uh, but it's still no no revelation, no sort of um Nena finally coming into her own metaphysical power or or any anything like that um, doesn't happen here, even though that's how we opened the book with her being bitten. I think the thought process that Nana has in the book is that perhaps because I'm on eating food, uh, they leave me alone, as opposed to no, their blood is in your body now. You know, so now they see you as someone that is is part of them. Uh, and that just gave me a lot to to think about, and it just it became this this disappointing read. However, however, this is gotta I gotta put the other bread in here into this sandwich. The writing was superb when it comes to this author, and both Do Hacienda, which is the previous book that I had loved, read and loved by this author, as well as this one, Vampires of El Norte. The author does a great job in, in making you feel things. Her writing is like purple prose minus. People have like, I know some people hate purple prose, like scholarly folks, right? They tend to look down at that. But to me, that is beautiful. When you can make your words on the page sing like that and and craft emotions into the reader, uh, to me, you are doing well. You're doing your damn job as a writer because I, I, I felt everything. Even though I wasn't expecting a heavy romance book, I was, I was feeling the tension. Like I said, I was feeling the feels. I was feeling the, the rejection from, from Nena when she thought that Nestor le, le estaba refusando. He was rejecting her and stuff like that. So I was feeling what these characters were feeling because of the way that she, the author writes and then she structures her sentences and paragraphs. It's, it's beautiful. So I suggest when it comes to this book, because the writing is so beautiful that um, this book should be textually read as opposed to listened. I listened to it and um, it's still beautiful because the thing is with beautiful writing is that it has beautiful rhythm as well. It's, it's almost poetic in a sense. So it sounds just like I'm doing a chef's kiss here. It sounds amazing. <laughs> 
But when it comes to this book, I I love to see that kind of writing on paper and highlight it and actually look at the structure so I can study it further. That's that's how good it is. And another thing that I, I completely enjoyed was how while the characters got on my nerves, they reminded me a whole lot about my my uh, family from my husband's side. <laughs> so I was like, wow, super relatable, super relatable. And the whole aspect of what will people think kind of aspect that is still very relevant in Latin American culture, period. And um, I see that in my own family and, and how sometimes the, the, their whole lives are, are structured in, in a way to satisfy other people's perceptions. And that, that can be so binding. And you see that here. So you can tell that the author was was writing either from experience or from a, a very well thought out research that she did. And I found the behaviors of the family to be super relatable and the culture to be super relatable. So I really, I, I enjoy that. I, like I said before on my TikTok videos, whenever I feel seen in books, it's like a warm hug to me. Uh, when I see my culture represented, when I see um, things represented of uh, those things that I know and love, then it's like a warm hug to me to read that book. So yeah, I I gave this book a four star four stars because of that because um, the writing was was amazing and the representation it's it's great as well and it was there and it hit those notes. And um, I took one star because of the the heavy the heavy romance themes in here, which did not meet my expectations when it comes to this book. But it didn't stop me from being entertained, and it didn't stop me from finishing the book. So that's why I gave it four stars. So what I learned from this experience going forward is that. I will ask more specific questions about the book because I did a lot of assuming here. Yes, the book cover is supposed to represent the genre, but I like the wave of hype that came through book talk kind of like swallowed me whole and I bathed in it and um, and I went ahead and <laughs> and got this book under different assumptions or incorrect assumptions, I should say. So going forward, for sure, I will be asking more poignant questions so that way I can be satisfied when I read a book. And if you're listening to this and you're into gothic books with heavy romance plot then this book is for you. If you're if you're a slow burn romance girly reader, shit, definitely this book is for you. You are going to love this. This is a, a historical slow burn romance. You will you will be like munching at the bits per se. <laughs> So go for it. I think I think you 
you would enjoy it a lot. And from what I've been seeing on TikTok, uh, I'm so old, I say TikTok. <laughs> a lot of people are enjoying this book as well. So, so yeah, so check it out. And I will talk to you next Wednesday. Thank you for being here with me. I hope you got something out of this. And let me know either in the comments, but I don't really see comments. So email me at joa at haveacupofjoani.com and send me any suggestions of what you want to hear from me. And I will respond in kind. All right. See you next Wednesday. Bye. Oh, we could, we could fly. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to follow and subscribe to the show. See you on the next episode. Bye. Oh, we could, we could fly. Uh, uh.